Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to listeners of Talk Architecture, a podcast that deals with a lot of things. And we often get excited if it's to do with architecture education. So, I was at a clubhouse event today, uh, hosted by uh, Lokwi and moderators Mustafa and Gary O. And there were quite a number of people, because I've been to these um, clubhouse events on architecture. And this one has even other people from different countries, not just Malaysian, talking about the topic, Malaysian architecture lacks theory and philosophy. Now, respectfully to Lokwi um, and the discussion that has been there, I would like to make further um, deliberations after the event, um, fresh deliberations, um, because there were many speakers uh, from uh, the ages, uh, from students to uh, practicing architect, um, and they gave their views, and there were a lot of interesting points. And because of this varied points, I could justify um, focusing on some of them and ex- explore further in this podcast. And one of the, the basis of all that is critical thinking or the lack of critical thinking. Um, now, I just want to talk about what I, I mentioned at the end. One is the Malaysian education. Uh, Malaysian architecture education and um, the criticism is the sameness, uh, the vision to create graduates who are uh, of a certain mold, of a certain, um, Kevin Matlow mentioned this also earlier, um, from a only from one viewpoint rather from uh, several viewpoints. So the focus on on also Sophie mentioned about um, referring to the Malaysian Architectural Board and the direction of Malaysian architecture and the lack of diversity or the lack of um, celebrating the different architecture stu- architecture graduate um, identity rather you know different identities celebrate or um make the learning outcomes to have the experience so that encourage the development of individuals rather than um wanting to create the same almost the same you know a bit of variety based on one sort of one viewpoint of how architecture students should be like when they graduate um so uh, I'm, I'm totally different from that. I'm talking about, I understand about the industry, uh, not that I'm practicing in the industry in a full-time way, but I understand the industry uh, needing more confident graduates. I, I'm looking from differently and I could deal with that later. But when we talk about architecture theory and philosophy, uh, this could be discussed in another clubhouse event, but I like to say it here. 
It is an elective subject in the Master of Architecture course. And if and when there is someone to to uh, um, uh, lecture on it, then you'll have an elective called Theory and Philosophy in the Master of Architecture course. So in the uh, first degree or the Bachelor of Science in Architecture course, you will have a couple of history subjects and a theory of architecture subject. The theory of architecture subject is the embedded one in a studio of a second year studio in the first semester. So there is no, um, there is no, uh, what do you call it, agenda to really uh, focus on theory from semester to semester. Um, we have come a long way from when we were in the 80s, when we went to the UK, we went to theories, schools that are stronger in theory, schools that are stronger in technical, you know, environmental science. That was a time at that time. That was a situation where different schools have different strengths. Um, I recall that. And architecture school in Malaysia, when where we were doing our diploma, and after that we went to the UK. Of course, you know, in the UK, the UK schools do not even have any liberal arts education. It's a vocational training, uh, emphasis on vocational aspects as well. So, but they, um, some schools take up upon them to focus more on uh, theory or focus more on the technical aspects. So, but in general, theory is important in the School of Architecture, um, no matter what. Um, so in the studios, you will have, you will need to be strong in uh, understanding concepts, um, in theory in general. Um, and theory is emphasized in every semester Uh and some lecturers are more theoretically di driven um, than others, but all in all, theory, architecture theory is is place important. It's it's very important in each um, each project. Uh, for um, our school in Malaysia, in particular, where I'm teaching, um, no, um, you know. Theory is secondary. It is not a, a strong um, motivator in achieving architecture design. And it's because the vision is more on the idea of a strong, strong on sustainability. It doesn't matter if you are going to be, you're doing building really with some sustainable features and you glossed it up and you're very good at graphics. But in terms of whether the, the strength of theory in terms of your form and, and uh, sorry, in terms of content, form and narrative, uh, well, that could be secondary. So yeah, I'm just taking in expanding further the discussion because fresh from the clubhouse event just now, um, these are the points that I wish to address. Um, how do we go about it? How will we resolve this? Uh, someone mentioned, uh, somebody from, an architect from India in the Clubhouse event mentioned that it's not only a Malaysian issue, but 
Um, but she gave the Indian context and the training of uh, different professions, and and she she did say that um, we're not referring to our we're referring to Western philosophy, and and that was the second point I like to arrive at because previously we did a a podcast on Kurokawa learning from Kurokawa Kurokawa. Kisho Kurokawa, uh, referring to the thesis that my PhD candidate, Marco Schibert, did on the meanings of Rikyu Gray in Kurokawa's architecture. And that phase where, a phase that's not so commercial, when Kurokawa, uh, from metabolism to uh, symbiosis, he explored Eastern um, types. Uh, architecture types of uh, such as the Angawa and that space in front, um, something like a veranda, something like a social space that uh, is in Japanese traditional architecture. And he interpreted in his architecture, his commercial buildings, his public buildings, and explored that. And there were some principles there, and a lot of philosophy, Eastern philosophy, even. Uh, the exact name I've forgotten, but Buddhism, you know, um, influence of Buddhist uh, um, philosophies. So we have, I mean, in each of us, um, in in the Asian uh, Asian Pacific countries, um, Southeast Asian countries, we have very strong traditions. We can look at our traditional spaces. Or, uh, you know, I was I was even saying that uh, the the five foot way in in the podcast that I mentioned earlier as well in the five foot way there's a quality where there are layers of um, of spaces from public to semi public and semi private at the ground level and the five foot way uh, level and we don't really use this layering. Uh, so much or I mean maybe some architects take upon them to actually refer to this but it's not like something which is critical it's part of our critical thinking uh, in referring to our own traditions we always refer to western traditions and ideas and the word plaza always come out you know like oh let's create a plaza and stuff like that and um, and something that is based in European tradition that we adopt and we try to replicate and we don't really interpret that well in terms of suitability or the appropriateness sometimes. So if we rush it, we don't develop it, we don't massage the plans, uh, the scheme, you know, we don't, uh, you know, the, the, the design is not really, um, you know, uh, have a lot of have a lot go through some rigor in terms of um, pushing it to be more critical. We won't get critical architecture. We won't get uh, Malaysian architects in this case uh, doing the architecture that is um, can raise the level of dis uh, of intellectual discussion and can raise the level of appreciating what is public space. And the profession itself being 
um, what do you call it, um, being looked at seriously, um, and it's not design is not a mystery. Design demystifying design, for example. So, um, in this respect, um, I would like to conclude a few things because I don't meant this to be a long discussion. Um, but taking in the what was said just now in the clubhouse event, again referring to the topic. Malaysian architecture lacks theory and philosophy. I can't really say to the practitioners, and I, I propose that the idea that um, uh, you know, in, in philosophy is not such a big word. In in fact, you know, it's um, it's building up to it. Um, when I talk about my second year student um, trying to understand what a concept is, trying to understand, trying to design. The scheme that they're doing now in in the studio and trying to get the concept. If they can come to that level where they could push their design to be to be dealing with concepts, it's on the way to actually building up a theory. I mean, you're, we're looking at the grandmasters later. This particular student could be a grandmaster. You never know. Of course, you, you the the debate is that during those times in the seventies or the sixties. Architects could dictate things, right? Uh, or architects being looked like um, it's a bit of a mystery. Uh, um, clients would pay for the architect, and the mysteriousness of the architect or the secret formula, they will come up with the magical building. But architects now they facilitate the process, interpret the brief, and try to deal with a lot of factors. But how did the architect convince the client that this is the design that they should do? I mean, this this is not commercial architect, architecture. We're saying obviously we're talking about quality architecture, um, you know, that which is critical. What what would the client? The architect can be um, advising or educate. Now the word is educate the client. Um, in this respect, um, even if you're not a full uh, established in terms of your theory, but you could try to and do the good architecture that you could do and critical architecture, which will come to this point in practice. I'm not involved in that, so I can't really say how problematic that is, but observing Observing it and trying to make sense of it, I could imagine that it is possible. It is possible to build architecture that has a theory in the end. If you start young with my second year student, helping we as tutors, assisting them to be be happy with theory, to, to incorporate theory in their approach all the time. The use of precedence, the use of um, um, how to use precedence, how to use uh, research and the site context, how to use context, how to use the client in actually coming out with a suitable, a good attempt of scheme that when you draw it very well, you can feel that there is a strong concept there. And if they fail in this project, they can attempt again 
in the next project. But it requires another tutor who's taking over this student to assist them in the third year after I'm done with them in the second year. So the respect of how this approach that they have done in the second year have to be carried on. It could not be that approach have to be uh, continued. Because that's the thing, we lost, we lost the vision. The vision of, of giving a chance for architects, uh, for architecture students to develop their own sense of identity and strength and, and, and be comfortable with, with, with what, the word concept and to be comfortable with theories and be, comfor- and be comfortable with philosophy. Not just abandon it after the first semester of the second year, because that's what is required by the curriculum, and then you go next to the the next uh, semester with the agenda of sustainability. So I try because I had the students for a couple of semesters, and carried on the, the appreciation of theory with some of these students, a few of them really, and trying to get them to be confident um, with their drawings, with their skills, with their attitudes, with being able to narrate well. So um, we come to the end of the session where when we talk about Malaysian architecture lacks theory and philosophy, um, we're talking about education, we're talking about practice, we're talking about theory and practice, and we're talking about where do we look for in in the culture, in culture and tradition, where do we look for inspiration? We're looking at asking bigger questions about ourselves and and how we are as two things, um, the role of architect in society, how we could collectively build our strength together, and the the second thing, the first thing that I mentioned earlier regarding architecture education. So, yes, a quick outburst, you might say, on this topic. Thank you for listening. This evening is here in Malaysia this evening. And have a good day. Stay safe and happy listening um, to the next future podcast. We're going to come up with an interesting discussion with a, a practicing architect, um a young younger architect and, and and it's gonna be more of a discussion rather than um rather than um a, a, a full blown interview of certain topics and and I look forward to to giving a teaser on it soon and then we'll have the proper interview and podcast it. Thank you very much for listening.